From KIOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. Today, Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot are here to discuss the past, present, and future of travel and public transportation within Omaha. We're looking at making sure that people have access to really fulfill their dreams and visions, really making sure that we're there to connect people to their lives and not only their lives now, but their vision for their life in the future. One thing I like to say is that transportation connects all of us. It gets us where we need to go. It gets us, as Lauren said, to our loved ones. And it also just connects us to where we want to be in life, whether that's a job or a volunteer opportunity or just hanging out with friends. Stay tuned for our conversation after this break. We have a lot of hours of content here on Riverside Chats now. Our backlog has over 100 episodes. We're expanding into live events, and we have an exciting future for the show that we hope to be able to get to you. To make the show as good as it can be and to continue to give you the kinds of conversations that you listen for, the reason why you subscribed in the first place, to hear coverage of arts, ideas, politics, whatever it is that brings you here every time, please consider becoming a supporter of the show by making a sustaining monthly donation of $1, $5, whatever you can afford, and really whatever you think the show is worth, which may be a zero. In which case, ouch, but okay. If you are interested in becoming a supporter, please look in the podcast notes. There should be a link in there that you can find that gives you all the information you need. Otherwise, thank you for considering supporting the show, and more, more importantly, thank you for listening. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. It's been two and a half years since Metro Transit began operating the Orbit bus system on Dodge Street. Now the service is approaching a milestone. It's one millionth rider. The occasion comes at an interesting time for public transit. As younger generations become more vocal about their desire for a high-speed national rail system and Omaha embarks on the controversial streetcar project. Today, Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot are here to discuss the past, present, and future of travel and public transportation within Omaha. Here is our conversation. Um, let's start off by kind of introducing yourselves and what role you play at uh, MAP. I'm Lauren Sensick. I'm the CEO of Metro. And my name is Nicole Ebot. I am the Senior Manager of Communications and Community Relations for Metro Transit. Lauren, as your role as CEO, what are your kind of day-to-day duties? I'm curious to kind of hear about what that looks like. Well, I think that's my favorite part about my job is every day is different. Um, so really, of course, I'm making sure that we continue to operate safe, convenient, comfortable service. So some days that means really digging into operations, um, but also really planning for the future overall, really looking at how to build strategic partnerships within the community and think about where we want to be not only now, but next year, five years, 10 years from now. Nicole, tell me about what the community outreach looks like within your role. So I do a lot. And it's very much like Lauren, where there's a little bit of everything. 
a lot of my job is making sure that I do know the ins and outs of all the different departments around Metro. There's also a lot of any time there's something that kind of bugs up the system where we might be running a little bit behind or like today we had snow routes because we had snow. Uh, that is a lot of making sure that our riders have all of that information as soon and as quickly and as um, expansively as possible. Then beyond that, anytime we have any new projects or any studies that we're working on, we really want to make sure that we reach out to all of the different communities around the Omaha Metro and not just necessarily people who are on Twitter or Facebook. Those are great places for us to reach a large audience, but there are so many more places that we really do need to make sure that we are cultivating all of these people and getting their interest involved and making sure that we are getting to people where they are is really our big goal. Uh, that sounds like a full-time job. Plus some. I like to think I have a healthy work-life balance. <laughs> Don't I we also all? like to lie to myself. Yeah. <laughs> check, check, same. <laughs> so um, Metro connects people, places, and opportunities through quality transit services. I want to kind of home in on what you guys see as the opportunities in that mission statement. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so really, we're looking at making sure that people have access to really fulfill their dreams and visions. So it's not just about making sure people can get to their job that they have, um, but really that they're able to connect and build relationships with friends and families and loved ones. They can get to um, education opportunities. They can get to jobs that maybe are a stretch for them or a new opportunity. Really making sure that we're there to connect people to um, their lives and not only their lives now, but their vision for their life in the future. One thing I like to say is that transportation connects all of us. It gets us where we need to go. It gets us, as Lauren said, to our loved ones. And it also just connects us to where we want to be in life, whether that's a job or a volunteer opportunity or just hanging out with friends. The Maha Festival is coming up. Oh, yeah, the lineup was just released. It was. I did see that. Some icky blossoms, right? <laughs> but we have, you know, Maha is at Exarban. It's right next to um, four of our routes connect through the transit center just right there. And we do have partnerships with the festival every year. Transit just connects you to everything that makes life worth living. Absolutely. And we're going to get into the... Um I like that you said that it's not just connecting to jobs, because I think sometimes when we first start talking about equity in transportation, the first thing people think of is getting to your jobs, making sure you can get to the different businesses that exist here. But it's also about enjoying yourself and being able to connect to those people in your community in those ways. Absolutely. We like to say that transit should be for everyone who um, live, lives, works and plays within the region. As a transport um, expert, Lauren, living uh, both in Omaha and you lived in other cities as well, what vision are you now bringing to Omaha's transit system from what you've seen here and what you've learned from other places? Absolutely. I mean, it's really in our vision statement about making sure that it's not only connecting people and connecting places, but that it's a really a quality experience. Um, we want to make sure that we're connecting as many people as possible um, to their lives, but really through an experience that is comfortable, that it's safe, that it's convenient. Um, we also really look at using transit as a way to um, promote economic development, to promote equity, um, to really help shape the future of our region as well. So that's one of the things with, that I love about transit is you are reacting to the city and the environment in which you're operating, 
But transit is also helping shape the future of that region, that community. What we look like as a region five years, 10 years, 20 years from now is going to be in part by the transit and other infrastructure that we're using now and planning for in the future. So I heard you kind of mention equity. What does equity look like in the transportation space uh, in the vision of what you, the work you, t- you two do? Yes. Yeah, so equity is really at the heart of a lot of what we do. Um, we really think about equity and really addressing um, historic inequities in a lot of our planning decisions. So when we're looking on where to add service, where to put in new routes, we're of course looking at that. But it's more than that. It's not just about serving underserved communities, but it's really about making sure that those connections are meaningful. So we look at the travel time that it might take, where people can get to. It's not just about is there a bus there or not, how often does it run, but really where is it connecting people to? Where can they get to? What kinds of jobs can they get to? What kind of educational opportunities can they get to? And what does that really look like? Are they going to be spending half their day traveling to and from? Or is it really something that can be connected to their lives? One thing we do find is, you know, frequency really matters. Um, And I can tell you as a bus rider myself, for instance, last night I missed my bus by 20 seconds was not the bus's fault. I just hit the lights wrong. Because I was on a route that comes every 15 minutes, I only had another 15 minutes to wait. And it really was not that big of an impact on my day. Um, And that was Route 18. Um, That is one of our more frequent routes. And that goes all the way up into North Omaha around and into the Exarban Transit Center and up and down 72nd Street. I mean, that particular route is going all over the place. Um, And just as Lauren mentioned, it's not just necessarily where does it go, but how often does that bus come and does it connect to other places around town? Yeah, there's when their frequent service is a huge part of the freedom that transit can offer you. Um, You know, I think there's a great story to tell in transit in terms of if you're not driving in your car, you can check your email, you can read a book, you can study, whatever you might be, have some downtime when let somebody else drive you. But really, when you think about it in terms of the freedom of being able to um, have flexibility in your day, you know, I I have the same problem, running late, getting out of the house, you know, my, my dogs won't listen and won't come, and then all <laughs> of a sudden I've missed my bus and having to plan around that. So we're really looking um, through our strategic planning efforts to really try to increase that frequency. So it is a 10-minute or a 15-minute wait between buses and not a 30 or 60 because that makes a huge difference in the impact on your day. Mm. Are you, I know you kind of touched on making sure people get to the the jobs. Are you working with any Omaha businesses right now on, um, have any Omaha businesses come to you and ask, you know, can we prioritize transportation to my place of work? Yeah, so we hear that quite a bit. Um, We have a lot of uh, strategic partnerships throughout the region, both with um, employers as well as with educational facilities, um, and we really value those. Um, I will say that, you know, there is an unmet need for transit in Omaha region. It's something that we've found through our studies and through our communications with the public. We've heard it from employers. Um, There's been other studies like from MAPA, from the Chambers Connect Go initiative that have identified this unmet need. So unfortunately, with some limited resources, sometimes we do have to make some of those priority decisions of where we serve first. But we are always hearing from people about needing more transit, whether it's the individuals who ride or employers who are looking for additional options for their employees. 
And I'll add to that one that one thing that I think kind of points to a success on our side is that we are starting to hear from jobs and businesses before they locate to ask us where would be a good place for them to locate so that their workers can get there without necessarily needing a car. Sometimes that doesn't that conversation just doesn't happen until after they've already built and established where they're going to be. But we really are starting to see people come to us and say, hey, where is the best place for us to be located? And I'm really excited by that. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot. How often do you use public transportation? What do you think about the streetcar project? Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. You were one of the first uh, folks on planning for the orbit. What's it like to see that plan come into fruition? And now you've been the head for the last few years. So I'm curious to see what that's been like. I'm incredibly proud of Orbit. Um, I really see it as a success story for Omaha and for Metro in general. We are seeing um, huge increases in ridership. We're seeing a lot of popularity along the route. And in fact, we're about ready to um, hit a very major milestone. We're going to have our millionth ride coming up in the next month. Did you think you'd see the millionth ride in the first two years? Um, Certainly hope so. Um, We had a very unique experience with launching our first orbit line during a pandemic, um, where it was very disruptive to the transit industry, like many other industries, but certainly um, knew we'd get here and at some point and very happy that we are. Um, I have to say, you know, I... I'm so proud of the orbit overall. Um, I worked with Metro for a number of years and really was one of the first um, planners working on that project. And I left for a few years for another job out of state and came back for opening day of it. So I like to say I started it and then left for everybody to do the hard work to actually engineer (laughs) it and build it. And then I got to cut the pretty ribbon. Um, But it's been such a teamwork effort. Um, It has been so fun to see communications, planning, maintenance, operations at Metro really coming together to learn um, what the community needs, what the riders need in order to really create this product that is just a little bit different from regular bus service, but is really showing the potential for what transit can do in the region. I absolutely adore Orbit. <laughs> um, honestly, I I do wish I lived closer to it so I could use it a little bit more in my regular route. But I mean, there's trivia on board. So there's something for you to read and it changes around into day in history. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I may say that uh, myself and my coworker took second in a trivia night <laughs> and that may or may not be uh, partially to our trivia on board because we do get the opportunity to ride around and be able to sit there and read that all day. So what does the future of Orbit look like? You kind of from where it's where it's been, where it is now. What, what are the expansion plans for that? Really, our next priority corridor that we're looking at is 24th Street, and that'll go all the way from North Omaha to South Omaha. We're not sure if it'll look exactly like Orbit on Dodge. We really want to seek community input um, and go through all of the exercises to make sure that we're 
creating the right product for the riders um, in that particular corridor, but something very similar with Orbit. Um, one of the things, in addition to the frequency of Orbit and you know the ease of using it, one of the things that's really great is the stations and the art that we've included in the stations. You know, really great transit um, not only moves people but helps contribute to a sense of place. And so whatever we end up doing on 24th Street, that's one of the successes from Dodge Street Orbit that I want to continue forward. And if you don't know, the um, piece at 72nd and Dodge is actually done by one of our bus drivers. Omaha is generally a car-centric society. And lots of our public spaces are for cars, whether or not that's roads, parking lots that used or don't get used. Um, Is there something... Or is this something that you see that's sustainable moving forward? And how do you kind of start to address that? It seems to be a theme of my career. So (laughs) I've worked in a number of cities, but most of my career in transit has been here in Omaha and in Los Angeles. So I'm very used to car-centric locations. I think really it's about balance. You know, we we want there to be choices, um, transportation choices. I'm not asking everybody to get up, give up their cars. I have a car. I use my car for certain trips, Um, and I think that's fine. We're not. It's not a one or the other. But we have really heavily invested in places for parking, and in road infrastructure and expansion of roads. And I think just now we're starting to have more targeted community conversations about investing in other modes of transportation, whether that's transit, walking, biking, some of these other options that really create a balanced system instead of one that's focused so much on one mode over all the others. One thing that I know that we are definitely starting to see, and I've seen quite a bit since I've been at Metro, is a lot of the larger events in town starting to encourage more and more people to come downtown or come to Memorial Park in something other than a car. Um, you know, I I know I find sometimes, especially downtown, that I prefer traveling without a car. It just gives me a lot more freedom. I don't have to worry about where to park. I don't necessarily have to worry about how long it's been sitting at a meter. And I think a lot of people, as Lauren mentioned, are kind of understanding that that particular option is there. You don't need to give up your car necessarily to take advantage of public transit. You don't need to use it every single day. Maybe you don't use it for work. Maybe it's that fun trip downtown to get some ice cream with your kids, right? Makes it feel like an adventure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, but the goal is, you know, we want to create a system where people don't have to have a car, though. You know, you you want a system that is convenient, that connects you to every part of your life that you need to get to and that you want to get to. Um, but it doesn't have to be a car versus transit or a car versus pedestrian conversation. It really should be about creating a complete system and really having that balance and that interconnection. I kind of want to get back to something you said, Nicole, of just being downtown. I um, told my boss that I was interviewing you guys today. I was like, what questions would you be interested in? Because he's super into city planning. And we uh, this this last week, there was a Crate and Marquette game, which was a huge game. And to get out of there was hectic. Like you said, to get out of downtown after an event, it takes an hour or so to, you know, get out of there. And he was like, you know, I think that if we were able to kind of tear down that 480 interstate and have people disperse on the vessels throughout the vessels rather than all one exit, 
uh, it would get people out quicker. And so I was curious about, do you guys plan for things like that? Do you, what does it look like? I know he said it had been done in a few other cities of getting rid of the main interstate right downtown and having people vessel out of the inner city. But how do you guys think about that? Yeah, so that would be quite the undertaking. Um, I will say there have been conversations about um, thing, major infrastructure changes like that in Omaha. Um, it takes a lot of planning, a lot of support, and a lot of coordination. You know, you're looking at um, numerous regulatory and oversight jurisdictions in a project like that. But there have been really great successes of capping freeways or removing freeways. Um, I think really... That's the start of these conversations. Sometimes it doesn't take such a um, big project or something quite so ambitious. But when you start to throw everything at the table and when you really start to look at it from event planners, users, um, land use planners, public works type of folks, engineers, transportation, transit experts, um, that's when you start to get all of these ideas and can maybe come up with whatever the right size solution is. I don't honestly feel like I have the expertise in planning to be able to talk about That's fine. tearing a freeway down. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, one of my bigger goals really is to just show people how they can fit transit into their life. Like maybe if more people had had the ability to take the bus into or out of that particular game, I don't remember what night that game may have been, but maybe it wouldn't have been so tough for cars to get in and out if, you know, people had the ability to choose something else. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've done for a number of years that we're really proud of is we run an extra circulator during the College World Series to help move people in and out around the stadium. Um, and that's been hugely successful. And we've carried thousands of people that would otherwise contribute to additional congestion. So it might be a situation as simple as providing that transit access. Um, but at the same time, you know, we get stuck in some of that traffic, too. So when you start to really think bigger and bigger about maybe having additional infrastructure or options so that the transit can keep moving full buses more rapidly instead of at the same pace as a car with one or two people in it, is when you start to really come up with all those solutions. And I think each one of them is going to have a different size solution that'll be the right size for it. Let's take a few steps back here and just talk about whose job is it anyway to create a comprehensive movement plan. Who are your partners in Omaha uh, that you're working with for that kind of plan? So we have a lot of partners. Um, we work very closely with the city um, as well as the Metropolitan Area Planning Agency. So Metro's role is really focused on transit. We are the operator, builder, and planner for transit. Um, but when it comes to any other mode of transportation, we really have to look to our partners. So one of the things we always like to think about is, yes, we know we're, we're in charge of when somebody gets on the bus to when they get off the bus. But that's not the entirety of their trip. Nobody's trying to travel from a bus stop to a bus stop. So we have to really think about what was their trip like getting to that bus stop? What is their trip like getting from that bus stop to their final destination? And that's where we really work with our partners um, at the city, with MAPA and others who can really help us create more of a, a comprehensive system overall. So for Metro, we really focus on three areas. We look at where we can lead some of these improvement and planning processes, where we can partner, and then where we can support the work of others. So where can you lead? So we can lead on things like building excellent transit infrastructure, you know, orbit on Dodge. 
um, our next project on 24th, really continuing to improve frequencies on some of our core routes, making sure that while you're on the bus, it's convenient, comfortable, safe. Um, We also can lead on things like removing barriers around um, getting information about how to ride the bus. And when the bus is coming, we've added real-time GPS arrival information on all our buses. We've removed barriers around paying for your fare and added ways to pay using your phone, a smart card. Um, Those are the areas where we can really lead and be successful. I love fare capping. Um, (laughs) Actually, yeah, fare capping is really one of my favorite programs that we have. Um, It's one that I have really tried to champion and make sure that people know about. It's something that a lot of people just aren't really terribly aware of. Um, What it is, is essentially as long as you um, are signed up with our UMO pay program, you can pay your fare as you go, buck 25 every time you get on. Within a calendar month, you will never pay more than $55. The reason for that is that $55 is the same cost of a 30-day pass. Not everybody has $55 right away at the beginning of the month or whenever to be able to put that kind of money down. So this allows people who don't have that chunk of money to access the benefit of a 30-day pass without having to have that chunk right away. It's, it really, truly is one of my favorite programs. And it's relatively new for us. We've done it for about a year now. Hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm particularly proud of. And really, you know, when we were going back and looking at our riders, how often they were riding the bus. And we, the majority of our riders ride four or five days a week. They are using Metro for almost all of their trips. And then so few of them were actually using this monthly pass. And it was actually almost inverse in terms of the people who were using the bus the most were not getting the discount that others were. And so we really wanted to make sure that we were providing that discount to everybody um, if they qualified for it, rather than just whether or not you had that upfront money. talking with Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot about Orbit, Transit Equity, and the future of public transportation in Omaha. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation after this break. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. You can subscribe and hear previous episodes of this show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. Today I'm talking with Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot about Orbit and the state of transit in Omaha. Here is the rest of our conversation. 
Okay, so talk to me about the improvements to rider amenities that you guys are working on right now. I know that I kind of read over your plan and was curious about what that means. It's important that we're connecting people to where they want to go, but we also want to make sure that their experience is what it should be. So we're looking at ways that we can help improve that. Um, We've come a long way, as I mentioned, with this new way to pay your fare with the real-time arrival information, but really building upon that. We want to improve our signage. We want to improve our connections to other modes. Um, We've been working with Heartland Bike Share to really partner to put bike share stations near orbit stations and other bus routes to really help build that connection. Um, We're also looking at places where we can add real-time arrival signage right at the stop. So if you don't have a smartphone to see that, you can still get it. Looking at bus shelters, looking at shade, um, some of those other pieces that just make your trip overall more enjoyable. I was looking at uh, the per capita spend that Omaha Omaha has in comparison to the other cities. So uh, in 2019, Omaha spent about $40 per capita uh, on transit funding, which in comparison, uh, Lincoln is at $55, Kansas City at 67, Des Moines at 73. How do you start to convince the city to invest more in transit? Yeah, so really, you know, we have to really see that vision and value overall. I will take a step back a little bit and say Metro is actually a political subdivision of the state. So we receive our funding from the state, from the federal government, as well as from property taxes. Now, we can certainly engage in partnerships with individuals um, and groups like the city, like others in town to help find that funding and support, but we don't directly receive funding from the city right now. But to answer your real question about how do we really help build that support. It's really about education, communication, um, and really getting the word out about what we do. Um, One of the things I think is always really interesting is that we get better reports about our service from our riders than from non-riders. So all the, you know, we'll hear comments about, well, there should be a bus on 72nd. There is, it runs every 15 minutes. You know, so a lot of those other kind of things. And so I think we need to continue to get the word out about what Metro does, what Metro can do, and what our vision is for the future. We're very, very proud of the services we do offer and that we're able to offer. Um, We are actively changing people's lives for the better every day that we're operating. But there's also more that we can do. And there's a need and a desire um, for more from the community that we work with. So, Nicole, how do you get those communications out? What's the strategy? (laughs) What's the plan? Kind of to Lauren's point, what she was talking about of how can we kind of convince this change to happen? And really a lot of that is going to boil down to help from our community. Um, You know, people like you, if you take the bus, if you love it, talk about it. You know, pop something up on Twitter, let our elected officials see that not only is transit something that people are using, but it's something that they want and they want more of it. I think that if we can help build and show the excitement that a lot of people have, people don't always believe me when I say that we do have some fans. We have fans (laughs) from people. You do. We do. (laughs) We we actually just um, packed up a box of some swag for Orbit to send to some people who just posted a video about how excited they were to be able to ride Orbit one day. (laughs) But if, if we can show that there's that kind of excitement and that that's not necessarily a rare thing, I think that that can really help turn the conversation. 
So from community members out there listening, when you're taking public transportation, they can post a selfie on Instagram. You can tweet it out. What else can kind of the, the listeners do to help uh, kind of push the conversation forward? I think just sharing one with us, what is it going to be that will help you the most? What what do you want? What would you like to see? But then also making sure that that conversation is maybe elevated to elected officials as well. And I would say civic engagement on other planning exercises too. You know, even if it's not specifically about transit, when we're talking about land use planning, when we're talking about overall transit uh, transportation planning at the city level or the regional level with MAPA, participating in those conversations, um, bringing up viewpoints about a balanced approach, whether your focus is on transit or walkability or bikeability, or making sure that you know you don't lose a tire in a pothole in your car, um, really all of those pieces together, but really bringing your voice forward when there are these community engagement and planning efforts, because they really do matter. They influence where um, federal, state, and local dollars get spent on our infrastructure. So how do people find out about when those meetings are? That is my job. <laughs> so a lot of those public meetings are usual channels. We send them out on Twitter and Facebook. We definitely post quite a bit about them on our own internal channels, our website, our push alerts, things like that. We also do our best to engage just a lot of our different community partners, neighborhood associations, UNO, and just get them out as much as we can. We have certain publications that we put them in as well, but neighborhood newsletters and bulletin boards, we try and get them out just to really help as many people find out about it as possible. Is the next one planned? Metro doesn't have a date for our next one, but okay. we are certainly looking for um, in the next couple of months to do some heavy engagement on our 24th Street project. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm very excited for that. There is a lot of traction uh, in the, from the people I talk to just getting excited about that connection from north to south Omaha mm -hmm. um, across, across the city in that area. I have to say, we have a route um, 24 now that goes all the way from north to south Omaha that's very good and it actually has very good frequency. Um, we've been actually working to increase the frequency, um, adding more Saturday, Sunday service on that route. So this really investment in the infrastructure that supports those operations and really changes the feel of your experience is the next step for that corridor. It's been about a year since you guys added electric buses to the fleet. What impact have you guys seen so far? We're learning a lot. Um, we're very excited about our electric buses. Um, I think it's really the future of the industry and of transit and just in general. I mean, we're seeing a lot more investment in electric buses. We have quite a bit to learn on Metro side in terms of um, maintenance for them in terms of the span of how long they could be out there before they need to be charged um, and also in terms of how they operate in different parts of town depending on how hilly it is how cold the temperature is you know we're seeing a lot of differences there then we're using all of that information that we're getting from our first three buses to help inform sort of a transition plan for how we're going to integrate future electric and zero emission buses into our fleet. But this is really our chance to absorb all of that information and make sure that we know um, exactly what that will look like for us. I'm going to go back a little bit. So I was reading the next plan that you guys have put out, and I, I loved the first goal about equity. So it's kind of touching on that again. But how do you measure your success 
in terms of equity when trying to plan for transportation across Omaha? Yeah, so I will say, you know, we, we look at equity in a couple of ways. Um, one of which is making sure that we're thinking about who has a voice in the planning process and in the decision-making process. So really in our engagement in our planning process, we want to make sure that we're talking to those who will actually be affected by the service, those who could potentially benefit from the service. So that's kind of the, the starting point. But when it comes to actually planning for what we're going to build, what we're going to operate, um, we really look at the outcomes, both in terms of the number of people um, who are going to have not only access to service, but access to frequent service. Um, and so through our Metro Next plan, we're finding that if we're actually able to implement that plan, we're looking at huge increases in the number of people in particular who will have access to service that runs every 15 minutes or better. And as we talked about before, that's a huge difference than whether or not you have access to a bus that comes once an hour. I'm curious off of that, how does uh, how do you guys see transit affecting the racial disparities here in the Omaha community? Yeah, so, you know, transit in general, it does have a role to play, along with other partners in kind of addressing some of his, the historic inequities that have plagued Omaha and really everywhere across the region. Um, and it's really at the at the core of it, you know, inequity is about having unequal access to opportunities. And so that's right at what we do is providing access to opportunities, access to jobs, access to housing. You know, us providing a connection with the bus between the two is a start. We also have to, of course, look at where they are, how how can people access them, how far away, all of those other things, just because there's a bus isn't the whole solution. But that is entirely where Metro can play a role, is making sure that people can get to those opportunities that are going to help um, break down some of those barriers that are going to help address some of those historic inequities. So there's been a lot of commotion about this thing called the streetcar. Oh, you've heard of that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was interesting because somebody I like to put out on Twitter, you know, what would you ask this person coming in? And one of the a lot of the common theme was about the was about the streetcar. And somebody posted a map that was like, this was what the plan was 100 years ago it was a rail system. How do we stray from that? Now we're trying to get back to it. But then there's been a lot of, from what I've heard from the community, uh, irritation of their voices feeling left out of the decision to have this kind of streetcar. And so I'm curious how you guys are working with the people who are leading that project. Uh, some people, some person said it feels like a duplication of the orbit just a few blocks over. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of get your guys' hot take on this. Yeah. So, you know, the streetcar project is really being led by the city of Omaha as well as the Omaha Streetcar Authority. But this is really an opportunity for Metro to support that project and really partner in some ways. And so we're really looking forward to as the planning process goes, putting Metro's voice into the mix to make sure that it's a seamless travel experience for everybody, regardless if they're on the bus or streetcar. These may be separate systems, but we don't ever want it to feel that way for somebody who might use them. So we're looking at it from that perspective in terms of seamless operations, seamless information. Um, But more than that, you know, this the streetcar is plan to provide mobility benefits to help provide an extra option in sort of this array of choices that we want people to have across the city. But it's also an economic development opportunity. And it's really something about really 
looking to the future and making sure that we're thinking about how we're best utilizing our space, promoting some density in, the, in this urban core, um, looking at ways that we can better use space that's currently used for parking. Um, if you look at a lot of the kind of aerial views and you see how much space in this core is dedicated to parking instead of a higher and better use, that is really kind of the focus behind this overall project. One of the things that we have talked about is options, right? Um, I think one thing that we can look at is our system is not just orbit. We have quite a few lines that come in and out of downtown. Our system can bring people into downtown. And maybe while they're a little bit closer inside, they can then use a streetcar to get around and then hop on orbit to get back out. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Metro Transit CEO Lauren Sensick and Communications and Community Relations Manager Nicole Ebot. How often do you use public transportation? What do you think about the streetcar project? Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. When talking about transit, how do you ensure that it's people-centered rather than corporation-centered or car-centered? Like, how do you make sure that when having these conversations out in the community that you're making sure that it's people first that we're serving? I think our orbit stations are actually a really good example of that. It's, as Lauren mentioned, talking about placemaking. You know, it's not just about how do you get from one place to another, but what is your experience while you're trying to get there? We really worked with local artists to try and make sure that that was visibly just a fun thing to be around. And then we also have all sorts of other information around there that we're able to provide. Yeah, I would say, you know, and that was really a partnership that the local art that was really through Omaha by design that really led the charge and that we were thrilled to work with them. Um, but I think in terms of being people centered, you know, we're we're really focused on connecting people um, and connecting people to places, opportunities, jobs, housing, all of those things that, you know, really help make a thriving city. Um, I think that's easy for us at Metro to keep centered. You know, we're not building a place and a thing too often aside from some of these stations we're moving people we're rolling it is all about the people who are on our bus and where we're getting them to and how we're getting them there it's a little bit about the buses buses are <laughs> that's i can't fair. help it that's fair <laughs> what does it look like for us to get more transportation between omaha and lincoln complex <laughs> um, certainly, there's been a number of studies and there's been a number of initiatives to do that. I will say Metro's jurisdiction, even though we're a political subdivision of the state, is right now limited to the city of Omaha limits. So we can't go beyond that. Um, we do have some opportunity to grow. We recently converted to a regional transit authority, so nearby jurisdictions can opt in to join our service area. But we're not going to be the one who's able to provide service between Omaha and Lincoln. So, so far, most of those conversations about who might lead that charge is probably going to be a, st a state-led effort. 
I feel like as a commoner, it's hard to see who is in charge of what and who makes decisions where uh, split up between the local level, state level, federal level of where's the funding coming from? Who decides what? Who do I have to talk to to get this done? And it, I feel like the answer is different every time. I, <laughs> yes. And, and that's, you know, really a hard part about transportation process and transportation planning. You know, we talked earlier about how can people get involved and how can they have their voice heard, which is hugely important. But it's complicated. Um, every planning agency, every city, every jurisdiction has slightly different boundaries and has slightly different responsibilities and roles. And I think that really falls to the responsibility of folks like Metro, of folks like the city, to help make sure that we're communicating and coordinating amongst ourselves. It shouldn't matter if somebody comes to me and talks about the the line between Omaha and Lincoln, I may not be able to do it. I may not have the authority to do it, but I absolutely should be in contact with those who can so that we're partnering to make sure that just because you didn't check the right box in the form or find the right person that your your comment and that your um, input goes to waste. Yeah. And it's one of the things that one of my big goals is really to help with education. I understand that it is hard to navigate this system. I'm doing it myself. I've only been here for eight months. So I'm learning right along with everybody else. And thankfully, I have Lauren, who is just the most amazing teacher. But that is part of my job, is trying to get a lot of that information out there and to be as available as possible to answer those questions, no matter how hard they are. If I can't answer them in the moment, I'm going to go find out. Yeah. So what are some of the questions you're getting asked? That might be more complicated than I can answer right now. <laughs> no comment. Is there like a common theme Putting or like me on something? The spot, Maria. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right now, a lot of the questions we do get are centered around 24th. Um, you know, a lot of people did see a lot of the excitement around Orbit and how well that system has been working, and they want to see it bigger. Um, we are, you know, excited in and of ourselves to get out there and be able to talk more about it and get into our study with it. So I'm I'm excited that people are excited. Yeah. So tell me, I know you said education is a big part of it. What do you think the city of Omaha needs to be educated about when it comes to the work that you guys do? Like what's maybe a common misconception? I don't know. I think we're actually developing some pretty good partnerships with the city. Um, I will say, you know, um, we all are trying to do the same thing at the same time. Um, and really, there's some day-to-day -day coordination around, especially when there's con road construction, other things. Um, it takes us a while to plan some of those detours, communicate them to people, because if our bus can't go down the street. Um, we're working with the city on coordinating on snow removal and construction planning and we're actually working on some partnerships on ways that we can improve pedestrian access and bus stop improvements at certain key intersections. So I think there's a lot of really good momentum going. Um, it's just one of those things where everything is so interconnected when you get into the space of sort of transportation planning, land use planning, that it's so easy to realize that every, almost everything we do affects another agency. Um, and so it's just really reminding ourselves and reminding our partners about that commonality of just, oh, I know it's just closing the road for a day, but it really does have a ripple down effect and requires some planning. But I think there's been a lot of progress in the last couple of years on that front, for sure. What is that progress that you've seen? 
We're seeing a lot more advanced notice about construction. We're seeing um, we're involved in a lot of planning efforts. The city, the city has actually been very, very generous with their time with Metro in in terms of participating in our planning projects and efforts. Um, Dodge Street Orbit's a perfect example. Um, the planners and engineers at the city worked with us on that project for years, providing input and in stakeholder committees and things. What do you think, Nicole, on on what Omaha needs to know about the education you guys have to provide? The people of Omaha? Yeah, the, the Omaha people you're speaking <laughs> to right now. <laughs> um, honestly, mainly that I'm here to help. If you don't know how to ride the bus, that's okay. It's it can be something that can be a little intimidating at first, um, but that is what myself and the communications team is here for, and some of the tools that we have built, such as our real time arrival alerts and some of the other things. If you don't know, feel free to ask. Pop us a DM and Twitter. We'll get back to you in a few minutes. A few minutes, dang, you really are working around the clock. <laughs> During work hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, all the hours. So where can people find you on social media? Metro Transit uh, Omaha on Facebook and Instagram. A final conversation I want to have, Nicole, is something that you and I kind of talked prior to this conversation about how does public transit affect the culture of a city? How is it affecting Omaha as a city? And how have you seen it kind of work in other cities uh, that Omaha can kind of look to to aspire to be? I think one of the things that you know Lauren mentioned earlier is that transit is going to be shaped by the city it's in and the people it's in. At the same time, it can also help shape what that city turns into and where it's going to go. Where are its cultural hubs? You're going to have the most vibrant, diverse, thriving cultural hubs if more people can get there in more ways. She stole my line. But <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Nicole's right. Um, transit, when transit's done well, helps create a vibrant culture, helps really create a city that um, attracts and retains a talented workforce, that supports development, that is walkable, um, that is diverse, that is um, dense in some in areas and has those nodes of really higher density. It, it really will help determine what we look like. If you look at, um, you brought up earlier about where we used to have streetcars. You can tell where we used to have streetcars in terms of what those neighborhoods look like now versus the neighborhoods that were built up after we had streetcars here in Omaha. So what we're building now, what we're operating now, really will have a similar effect on how we develop and how we grow 20, 30, 40 years from now. So 20, 30, 40 years from now, in your dream scenario, budget per person is $1,000. What does it look like to you for Omaha to have the ultimate transit system? Oh, we've got lots of ideas. <laughs> I will say it would involve a lot of public engagement to get to those final answers. But really, it's about making sure that everybody has a choice and that that choice isn't just is it there or not, but what is the quality of that choice? How fast is it? How frequent is it? How many hours a day does it run? How, um, where can you get to? Where can you connect to? And more than that, it's not just about having a bunch of buses or trains running around. It's about making sure that the 
passenger waiting area is comfortable and convenient, that your walk to and from the stop feels safe, feels comfortable. Um, you know, be great if you could walk side by side down the sidewalk and pass somebody without having to go single file um, and tripping over, you know, um, sidewalks and disrepair. There's so many pieces to making this a holistic system um, that I think it's so fun to dream about. There's um, check out on our website at ometro.com, Metro Next Plan. There's a whole list of those ideas and plans and projects that we've thought about. And I think that was really just the start of it for budget. But it's really about it being an integrated holistic system, much more than any one special project. What she said. <laughs> Perfect. Is there anything that you guys wanted to talk about that we just didn't get covered yet? Um, any final thoughts, things people should know? I would say just get ready for some great celebrations in March when we hit a million rides on orbit. We have some fun things planned. Well, thank you guys both for all the work you do for our community that is seen and unseen. Uh, I know it's a lot of work, but you keep our city moving, pun intended. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> Riverside Chats was created by Tom Noblock and is a production of 91.5 KIOS Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by The Real Zebos, and our artwork is done by Ben Matukowicz. Remember, you can find the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Maria Corpus. Mm-hmm.